So we're in Philippians chapter 2. You say, that doesn't sound like shepherds and wise men to me. No, it's not a traditional Christmas message, but I think it's, hey, let me tell you what, I, what my thought process is. I'm praying. The, you know, Christmas, joy, joy to the world, joy. You know, we got half, half the Christmas tree, not half, but a lot of the ornaments say joy on them. It's a big concurrent theme at our house, joy to the world. It's just, it's, that's what we're all about. Well, there's a epistle in the New Testament that deals with joy and also the incarnation. And so we're going to deal with a section of scripture that's generally theologically called the kenosis for reasons I will reveal why it's called that. But let's, let's invoke God, uh, his blessing on our time in his word. Father, as we study now, as we look and Look into your word. We pray that you would speak to us in a way that would know it was you. Spirit of God, take your place as teacher now and inform us the things you would have us know. Lord, this is a wonderful section. Help me not to Charlie Brown it. I really want to get my foot on the football, and I just want good things to happen, Lord. I want you to speak to us and have us conform to what you're trying to say. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, chapter 2 of the book of Philippians. As I say, this is called the kenosis, verses 5 through 8. But we'll read the first four verses, just kind of get a running start at it, okay? But I won't comment much on the first four verses, but we'll start basically in verse 5. If there be any consolation in Christ, well, of course there's consolation in Christ. Um, since there is, is kind of more the language here. It's a King James thing, if there be. Uh, since there's consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercy, fulfill ye my joy that ye may be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Now, if we just took that as a recipe, good things would happen. They'd be sure to follow. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Now, he's going to set up, this is the goal, this is where we're going. I'm going to, from the outset, he says, this is, this is the goal, okay? When we, we get here, touchdown. You made it. When your mind, the mind that's in you, is the same as the mind of Jesus Christ. In this fashion, you're not going to think all the thoughts of Jesus Christ, okay? Uh, sorry. Uh, he's God. Uh, we're so not. But in this regard, he sets a pattern. He says, hey, follow this. This will work for you, for me, for everyone. This is what I want you to get your mind around and live it out, okay? And he's going to tell us what that is. Again, it's called the kenosis. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Now everyone's saying, what? What, what does that even mean? 
Again, King James is kind of a little rough here. I probably should have just picked a better translation. Who, being in the form of God. You say, Jesus in the form of God? Yeah. Remember, Jesus didn't start 2,000 years ago in a manger. God doesn't have a beginning. God the Son doesn't have a beginning. Okay? He was always. When you say, what is this form of God? He's not exactly God. He's kind of a quasi, maybe God. No, 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 no. Study this in the Greek. The word is morphe, and it means the, the very essence. I am a man, okay? Now, if I doubt that, I can go and I can get an operation, or I could take female hormones. I don't suggest that. I don't think God makes mistakes, okay? People who are struggling with that, my heart is toward them. The last thing you ever want to do is read is make yourself sterile forever. Once you start in with a knife, there's no going back. This isn't the words of a hater. This is the word of somebody who loves. And by the way, have you figured this all the way out? Have you figured this all the way out? Uh, I don't know what percentage of young ladies who want to become young men. They have been unpleasant past, molestation or something of this nature, and they don't want to be a victim. Oh, I get that. I, I, oh, I totally understand that. So you think, well, if I change, then I'm not going to be a victim anymore. If I go on the oppressor's side, that's never going to happen again. Well, how about some psychological help? A little understanding. Because when you find uh, you, you're, you start taking drugs and then surgery, the problem never went away. And it, obviously, because the suicide rate in that group of people is tremendously high. And it's not, oh, it would be better if we all just accepted them. No. No. That's not, that's not helpful. You say, Adam, this isn't really a Christmas message. No, I just thought I'd go there while I was in the neighborhood. So Jesus isn't went from God to man and left behind deity and became humanity. He added, his form is God. He added to his deity, humanity. And he never set aside being divine. Now, if you study this out, there are no more Jehovah's Witnesses. That, that, the whole theology just collapsed, because, you know, they believe that. I'm not trying to pick on anybody. They believe that Jesus Christ is Michael the Archangel, the first created being, and not God. This says unequivocally that Jesus Christ is God, being in the very form of God. But he didn't think it was a thing. He thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Well, he was equal with God. He thought it not a thing to be grasped, to be clung on to. That's the idea of the robbery here, okay? He didn't think it was something that, well, I'm going I'm to maintain my God status at, at all costs, okay? He, he didn't think it was something. Now, think about Satan. Satan thought it was something to be grasped, to be equal with God. Never made it, okay? Cast out of heaven. Jesus wasn't cast out of heaven, voluntarily left. He, he said, uh, Godhood, okay, wonderful thing, not a thing to be grasped, clung on to, maintained at all costs. He, he, he set aside 
some of the prerogatives of his deity. Now we're on thin ice here. Now we're, on t- now we're out on a limb. Don't saw it out. Because people say, you know, he never set aside, and they'll give a list of like some of the things of God. Omniscience, okay? O- omnipotence. Omnipresence. Now I've got a little bit of a quarrel there. No, he never set aside his omniscience. Jesus knows everything like God knows everything. And we see this in Scripture. He's talking to people's thoughts. You remember the guy whose uh, th- friends let him down through the roof, right? He couldn't walk, the par- paralyzed guy, right? And Jesus said, your sins are forgiven. And the Pharisees are wigging out. Who can forgive sins except God only? And he knew their thoughts and he spoke to their thoughts. Why are you saying in your heart, why am I forgiving sins? Is it, is it easier for me to say, take up your bed and walk, or your sins are forgiven? By the way, the answer to that question is, you have to be God to say either one, and to make it so. You know what I mean? God can say, hey, paralyzed, psh, nothing but a thing, pick up your bed and walk. God can say, your sins are forgiven. And they're equally easy with Jesus Christ. But he's talking to their thoughts because he knows everything. Is he omnipotent? There's a storm that I think a couple of storms on the Sea of Galilee where Satan's trying to wipe out Jesus Christ. He's trying to kill him on several occasions. And Jesus, first time he's asleep in the boat, right? And the disciples wake him up. I, I, always, I love this story. The disciples, where are they? most of them are fishermen. Where? On the Sea of Galilee. So we get these fishermen, very acquainted with this lake, waking up this carpenter and saying, hey, hey, don't you care that we're all perishing? Jesus says, boy, I'd hate to have slept through that. Wow, okay. And he, and he gets up. You know what he says uh, in King James? Peace be still. You know what he says? Literally, be muzzled. Like it, was a, like it was a dog. Like, shut up, go lie down. That's, that's, that's what he's saying to the storm. What happened? The storm was raging. All these waves, they're, they're worried, they're going to die. And all of a sudden, whoosh. I can see clearly now the rain is gone. Beautiful day. How, how does he do that? Because he's, he's still omnipotent. Was he omnipresent? Oh, that's the one I'm having a little bit of a problem with. I mean, think about it. Men generally aren't. You're here, you're not anywhere else. Now, I know string theory and quantum mechanics aside and multiverses and all that, I, I, I know the Bible. I, I don't know all that stuff, okay? I know this, I'm here, I'm not anywhere else. When Jesus left Bethlehem with his family to go down to Egypt, he was in Egypt, he wasn't in Bethlehem. But in a different universe, in a parallel universe, Herod's guards came and killed him, right? That's, no, (laughs) no, that's all, no. But he was in one place at a time. He was down in Jerusalem. He went up to Galilee. He was out on the sea. He was here and he was there. He, he didn't seem to possess omnipresence. That was one of the prerogatives, if you ask me, in my thinking, that was one of the prerogatives of his deity he laid aside. What else was another one? Well, I think the Shekinah glory. You know, where God shows up, there's the glory cloud. 
Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration, he shone brighter than the noonday sun. Peter, James, and John were there. You remember the story. You say, wow, that, what a notable miracle that was. I don't think so. I think he just let down his humanity and let people see what he set aside in the incarnation. When they say incarnation, that's what we celebrate. That's what Christmas is all about. We're celebrating the incarnation of Jesus Christ. Jesus became flesh. Carne, you eat chili con carne, right? Chili with meat, with flesh. Jesus became flesh and dwelt among us. And that's what we're celebrating. He didn't think it was something to be hung on to, to be equal with God. But, rather than this, by the way, and this is what we're supposed to get our minds around and conform our minds to this type of thinking. He made himself of no reputation and took upon, and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. He made himself of no reputation. The, the, the song uh, that uh, our worship leader has been teaching us, the one you could have came and had all the silks of the you know, fine courts, and uh, none, none of that stuff, right? He is born of a peasant stock. Well, turns out Joseph was royalty, but Herod was the king at the time. Joseph was a lowly carpenter. And he taught his trade to Jesus, okay? Jesus took on the form of a man who, who, who worked at a, a, a nine-to-five job every day. Now, I've, I maintain, and I, this is my crazy idea. You can argue with it. You're, I'm entitled to my crazy ideas. You're entitled to yours. If Jesus came today, he'd be an electrician, okay? That's, that's, there's no doubt about that. The light of the world would be an electrician. I'm just saying. But he... Came before we discovered electricity, a honest electricity or whatever, so he's, he was a carpenter. Honorable, honorable trade, okay. An artisan of wood, mostly probably worked with stone because most of the houses were made with rock. So, you know, think of him as more of like a brick mason. Did he actually work with wood? Yeah, and he didn't go to Home Depot and bought it. He probably rugged. He probably like went down into a forest, cut a tree, hewed it out, shaped it to what he could use it for, and then you know put it in whatever door jam or whatever table he was building or whatever artifice structure he was he was building. Pretty rugged. Pretty humble. He made himself no reputation. He took upon himself the form of a servant. Word a slave. Just let that rattle around in your mind. Now, let this mind be in you which also, which was also in Christ Jesus. He became a slave. He wasn't a slave in heaven. He was an omnipotent God. He said, Angels do this, and they did it. There was no question. <laughs> no one voted him out of office. Nobody is very God. And now, he's taking orders from the Father. And he says many times, I'm sent. He doesn't do anything except the Father tells him to do it. He doesn't go anywhere the Father doesn't tell him to go. He doesn't say anything that the Father doesn't tell him to say. Get your mind around that. What is a slave? Somebody does the bidding of others. Let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus. 
Uh, Adam. No go. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, was, I was tracking with you. I'm, I'm good, but that's, that's a bridge too far. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm free. I'm no man's slave. Listen, this is the way it works. You're going to be a slave to somebody or something. I remember Bob Dylan, who became a Christian way back when, and I guess it didn't take, I don't, I don't know. And he wrote the song, you got to serve somebody. Uh, and I bought it, and I was listening to it, and I was like thinking, oh man, Dylan Christianed out on us, man, because I wasn't a Christian at the time. But he said, you got to serve somebody. I think he wanted, what is it, a Tony? Or, no, that's plays. Uh, Grammy. I think he won a Grammy for that song. I'm not sure. I think it was a song of the year one year, way back in 79, 80, somewhere in there. You got to serve somebody. Might be the devil, might be the Lord. You got to serve somebody. He was right. He was right. A life is about somebody or something. What's it about? Most, my thinking is life is finding the right master. God is an awesome master. Money, it's a good servant. But if you're ruled by money, your life is upside down in a ditch. It, it, it's no good. Drugs, alcohol, sin, pornography, bitterness, fear, name them. I, 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 want, I want to be ruled by God. Am I? Well... Fact of the matter is that's one of my resolutions. Not, I, I, don't, I don't purposefully go out of my way to disobey God. I know what you're saying, God, but I ain't doing that. I'm a Calvary Chapel pastor. I try to do what God, I think God wants me to do. But I'm going to be, I'm going I'm I'm to up my game. I don't know how else to say it. Time's wasting. People are going to hell. I'm not trying to win any popularity contests. This is what you have to know. And I'm going to tell it to you. I'm going to say what God wants me to say and let the chips fall where they may, believe it or not. Uh, and if somebody's stewing in their own juice, I know it's political correct. I, I know all that stuff. Uh, and you have a choice. You can be politically correct or you can be biblically correct, but you can't be both because they're in extreme opposites. I'm sorry, I didn't write the rules, but I'm telling you what the book says. And I'm saying, you can't do both. You, your, your, your language, your life isn't that elastic that you can, that you can be politically correct and, and serve God as well. Can I give you an example? We are talking about this earlier. I, I think it's still on my phone. Yeah, God rest you merry gentlemen. They rewrote it. Uh, this, this first verse is, God rest you merry gentlemen. Let nothing you dismay. Remember Christ the Savior was born on Christmas Day to save us all from Satan's power when we had gone astray. Tidings of comfort and joy. You know it. So it's a classic. It's been around forever. Second verse, God rest ye also women who by men have been erased through history ignored and scorned, defiled and displaced. Remember that your stories too are held within God's grace. Tidings of comfort and joy. Oh, there's another verse. It, oh, it gets better. God rest you queer in questioning. Your anxious hearts be still. Believe that you are deeply known and part of God's goodwill. For all to live as one in peace, the global dream fulfilled. Tidings of comfort and joy. Um, 
Ms. Piffle, she's uh, the author of this wonderful new hymn, said, we are inclusive and diverse. I believe hearing the gospel through unique lenses is a good thing. While Jane Ozan, a gay Christian author, said, surprise, surprise, not everyone was happy with the new words of the great Christmas carol, showing God's love for all. I am seriously wondering if they understand the nature of grace and of a God who loves us all equally. Well, he does love us all equally. I don't know if anyone's arguing that. He loves us so much. He'll accept us just the way we are. But he loves us too much to leave us in that condition. We know that. Those of us who have come to Christ on his terms and surrendered to Christ and asked him to save us, we know that he loves us. We know that. And we came fraught with sin and degradation and all manner of evil. And what happened? I love you, he said. Come on in. Come on in, my forever family. I'm going to adopt you. I'm going to just... And I'm going to change you. I'm so glad he didn't leave me that wicked, young. Never mind. Story for another time. Okay. You can't be politically correct and biblically correct. They're opposites. I'm sorry, they're opposites. And so it's just a question of, well, who you want to serve? I don't want to serve a political party and extend somebody's agenda. I want to serve God. Jesus... He took upon himself the form of a slave. Now in Romans, we haven't got there yet. We're going we're gonna to be calling it. We're fleshing out the gospel in Romans. My goodness. Romans 6, I can't wait. I, I'm, I'm, I'm so excited. I tingle when I think about it. Romans chapter 12. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Present your bodies to God. Here you go, Lord. I'm yours. Do it with me. Whatever you want. You can move the pieces around the chessboard any way you say. And I'm, I'm, I'm all yours. I'm all in. I'm not holding back. I'm not backing up. I'm not shutting up. I'm not. I am all in you and me forever. I don't care. I don't care. Uh, everyone thinks I'm crazy. Everyone thinks they, 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 they don't bother me been that way a long time. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Slaves to Jesus Christ. And that, by the way, is wonderful freedom. Free in Christ. I'm not a victim. I'm, not, I'm, I'm, I'm free to worship God, to follow God, to not be overwhelmed by sin, to not be a slave to any drug or alcohol or fear or whatever. Okay, he's, he's in the form of God. He thought not robbery the equal God. He made himself of no reputation. We covered this. He took upon the, himself the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. God added, God the Son added to his divinity, added to his deity, humanity. Adam, why? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. Because this. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Now, I had, I'm going to look this up right quick. See this? These are my notes. <laughs> it's a new day, right? Um. Uh, let this mind be in you. Okay. 
I was going to write this down, then I forgot it. I forgot to, but I'll just read it. But I got it out blue letter Bible, okay? Okay. Indeed, he humbled himself. He was humble and in that he took the form of a man, and not a more glorious creature like an angel. He was humble in that he was born into an obscure, oppressed place. He was humble in that he was born into poverty among a despised people. He was humble in that he was born as a child, instead of appearing as a man. He was humble in submitting to the obedience appropriate to a child in a household. Imagine God. Yeshua, did you wash the dishes? Um, Mom, I'm God. <laughs> You're going to wash the dishes, young man, right now. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> I mean, you think of this all the way through. I mean, it's, it's incredible to me, right? He was humble in learning and practicing a trade, and a humble trade of a builder. He was humble in the long wait until he launched out into his public ministry. He was humble, humble in the companions and disciples that he chose. He was humble in the audience he appealed to and the way he taught. He was humble in the temptations he allowed and endured. He was humble in the weakness, hunger, thirst, and tiredness he endured. Imagine God tired. That hurts my brain. That hurts my brain. I can't, I don't know what to do with that. Imagine a God who had to learn how to walk and talk. Wow. Humble, I guess. He was humble in his total obedience to his heavenly Father. He was humble in his submission to the Holy Spirit. He was humble in choosing and submitting to the death of the cross. He was humble in the agony of his death. He was humble in the shame mocking and pub public humiliation of his death. He was humble in enduring the spiritual agony of his sacrifice on the cross. Humble? Oh yeah, let this mind be in you which is also in Jesus Christ. Why should I be humble? Adam, don't you know, I'm all that. Look at me. I'm all that in a bag of chips. I mean, come on. What do I have to be humble about? In this, I guess the better question is what do I have to be proud about? God resists the humble. Uh, I'm sorry. I said they entirely backwards. God resists the proud, and he gives grace to the humble. I can show you 117 verses that say that, okay? But I think that's well-traveled ground. What does God hate? A proud look? I'm going to tell you something. Arrogance doesn't look good on anybody. What do we have to be proud about? He made himself no re reputation. He took upon himself the form of a servant. He was made in likeness of men. And being found in fashion as man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death. God, your, your will for me is to die? I'm going to die then. It's part of our vocation. I'm hoping for a trumpet blast in 2023. Rock it out of here in a white robe. That will be awesome. In 2022, it's less likely every day. It's possible. I think 2023 might be the year. Is it? I don't know. I haven't had any special message from God, right? But I'm always ready. But I'm always ready. If not, what will happen? Eventually I'll get older. Eventually infirmity will happen. It's the way of all. And eventually I'll, I'll die. 
And if that's the case, I want to die very well. I want to show people this is what somebody who loves Jesus looks like when they're dying. It's part of our vocation. Hopefully it's the last thing I'll do, but... He became obedient unto death, even the death of a cross. Uh, Adam, this doesn't sound like a regular typical Christian message, uh, Christmas message. I know, right? I know. We're talking about the cross. And now he goes on, Wherefore God hath also highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. This turns a corner and it becomes awesome. And we're going to put it aside for now. Maybe we'll bring it back out at Easter time. I don't know. But I want to show us something. This is what we're celebrating. And I've said this, and you've heard me. I said if you don't view the cradle in the shadow of a cross, you've totally missed the whole meaning of Christmas. Now, people out there struggle. I get that, okay? They get confused. Uh, flying up in the air, angels, no, reindeer. Uh, the, the star guiding the magi to the, to the place where Jesus was, no, Rudolph's nose guiding the sleigh through a difficult storm. I, I, they got some confusion. I don't even care. I don't even care. You guys want to do all that? I'm, I'm serious. You got, we, get, we get Christmas trees. We're gonna, I'm going to drink eggnog later on. I'm gonna, I, I, we, we, do, we have our traditions. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. The fact, I'm not trying to rain on you. I'm not trying to take your Christmas tree away. I'm not that guy, right? Just, and some, with all the glitz and all the stuff happening and all the confusion and all, the, I gotta show up, gotta get things wrapped, gotta get them on a tree, gotta get, oh, and oh, you know, we gotta cook a turkey, gotta cook a ham, gotta go ahead and the family in. Great. I'm not against any of those things. I am not. You know me better than that. In the midst of all that, remember, Jesus came put on flesh, lived among us, and died for our sins. And that, my friends, is the meaning of Christmas. Let's pray. You got another, uh, another Christmas carol for us? Or oh, just reprise one of them, okay? We, it's one of the ones you already sang. I'm talking to you, Matt. <laughs> I, whatever one you want. We need, a, we need to go out here and song. Okay, why don't we stand and we'll pray. My prayer is that you'll keep Christ in Christmas. My prayer for you that in 2023, this is the year that all your dreams come true. This is the year where you're blessed beyond blessing. This is everything that you want to happen. I hope everything good, I hope, happens to you in, in 2023. And let's devote ourselves to God's kingdom. Let's become slaves for Jesus Christ and be free from all the lesser slaveries that we've got on us. Uh, when we obey Jesus, we can't obey sin. We can't obey the power of sin over our flesh. Now, I pray that you'll have a wonderful Christmas with your family, with your friends. Now, may the Lord bless thee and keep thee the Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. 
Amen.